Slava Isisagastu, Slava Navika, glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. It's Father Basil again, and again reading from this catechism, Love is Our Mission, the Family Fully Alive, from the World Meeting of Families in Philadelphia in 2015. And today's topic is called The Meaning of Human Sexuality. The tangible earthly corporeal world is more than inert matter or modeling clay for the human will. Creation is sacred. It has sacramental meaning. It reflects God's glory. That includes our bodies. Our sexuality has the power to procreate and shares in the dignity of being created in the image of God. We need to live accordingly. The natural physical world bursts with spiritual goodness. The Catholic faith has always been a robustly physical religion. The Bible begins in a garden and ends with a feast. God made the world, called it good, and entered into its history. Jesus Christ, God's Son, took flesh and became one of us. In the sacraments, material things are consecrated and made visible signs of grace. Ordinary bread and wine, water, oil, and the touch of human hands are all tangible ways in which God's presence becomes effective and real. We believe in the corporal works of mercy. When we feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, tend to the sick, visit the imprisoned, or bury the dead. We actually minister to Jesus. We trust in the goodness of God's creation. This confidence permeates the Catholic imagination. It becomes visible in our art and architecture. Our liturgical calendars with them of feasting and fasting, and our folk pieties and sacramentals. Male and female sexuality participate in our spiritual purpose. Material creation has spiritual meaning, which has implications for the way we live as male and female. Our sexuality has purpose. Our bodies are not simply shells for the soul or sensory machines for the brain, nor are they raw material we can freely abuse or reprogram. For Christians, body and spirit are profoundly integrated. Each human being is a unity of body and soul. St. Hildegard of Bingen wrote, The body is, in truth, the temple of the soul, cooperating with the soul by means of the senses, as a male wheel is turned by water. The body has innate dignity as part of God's creation. It is an intimate part of our identity and our eternal destiny. The two sexes literally enflesh God's design for human interdependence, community and openness to new life. We cannot debase or abuse the body without inflicting a cost on the spirit. Of course, we do not always love as we ought. Sex is a uniquely powerful factor in human affairs both for good and for ill. 
and no sexuality misused or disordered has always been a major source of confusion has, and sin. And so sexuality misused or disordered has always been a major source of confusion and sin. Sexual desire and self-understanding can be complex. Our identity is revealed in Jesus and in God's plan for our lives and not in fallen self-assertions. Marriage exists because procreation and communion, biology and God covenant, nature and supernature together undergird what it means to be human. Marriage exists because we discover and accept rather than invent or renegotiate the vocation to self-giving, which is intrinsic to being created male and female under the covenant. Marriage is God's creation because we are God's creatures and because God created male and female for fellowship with him in his covenant. Our origin as two different and complementary sexes and our call to love, to communion, to life are one and the same moment. In the words of Pope Francis, this is the story of love. This is the story of the masterpiece of creation. This call to love, communion, and life involves the entire being of man and woman, body and soul. The human person is simultaneously a physical and spiritual being. The body, in a sense, reveals what the person. As a result, human sexuality is never merely functional. Sexual difference, visible in the body, contributes directly to the body's spousal character and the person's capacity to love. As the center of this call to love is God's summons to be fruitful and multiply. A couple's spousal union through the body is therefore by its very nature also a call to live as father and mother. For good reason, we hear delight in Adam's words at his first sight of Eve. This at last is the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. The Catechism of the Catholic Church notes that from the beginning, man discovers woman as another eye, sharing the same humanity. Man and woman share an equal dignity that comes from God their creator. In God's plan, both the similarity and otherness of man and woman coincide in their sexual complementarity as ma masculine and feminine. Created together, man and woman are filled are will for each other. Sexual difference is a primordial reminder that we are made to give ourselves away to others, guided by virtue and God's love. St. John Paul II often spoke about the nuptial or spousal meaning of the body. He echoed the teaching of Vatican II that the partnership of man and woman constitutes the first form of communion between persons. But sexual difference marks all of our relationships even for the unmarried, since we each enter life as a son or a daughter. We are called to be a brother or sister, not only to those in our families, but also to the needy in our neighborhoods, communities, and churches. Our identity as men and women 
is the basis of our call to fatherhood and motherhood, natural or spiritual. In this way, sexual differences has universal significance. Because it is a central component of our identity, sexual sexuality cannot be isolated from the meaning of the human person. Sex is never simply a physical, emotional impulse. It always involves more. Sexual desire shows that we are never self-sufficient. We long for intimacy with another. Sexual intercourse, no matter how casual, is never simply a biological act. In fact, sexual intimacy is always in some sense conjugal because it creates a human bond, no matter how unintended. A properly ordered conjugal act is never simply an inward-working, autonomous, erotic act. Our sexuality is personal and intimate but always with a social dimension and consequence. A sacramental marriage is never a private possession, but discovers itself in relation to God's wider covenant. Wow. So, what a beautiful message to uh, learn today. You know, sexuality participates in our spiritual purpose. We can never um, isolate our body from our soul. Our body and soul work together as one because we are made body and soul in the image and likeness of God. So our sexuality comes from God. Our, fe- our maleness, our femaleness comes from God. We can never forget that, you know. And, uh, you know, we have so much confusion in our world today about sexuality. We have confusion about our genders. We have confusion about our maleness and femaleness, how God created us. But God created us, you know, as it said before, um, as our, our body is an innate dignity as part of God's creation, you know, it is part of our identity. Who we are, who God created us to be, is 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 male or female in the image of God. This is who we are. Okay, so we can't, no matter how much the media in our world, how much the devil tries to tries to confuse us about who we are we we still are male or female in the image of god we still are who god made us to be and we we can never change that we can't change god's god's creation for us god made us who we are so we have to remember, uh, and know, our the, we we come together in marriage as female and male, as as man and woman, because we are made for each other, you know. And we God makes us 
for the other person. And that uh, exists in marriage for, again, this, uh, this uh, topic here. Marriage exists because procreation and communion, biology and God's covenant, nature and supernature, together undergrade what it means to be human. You know, it's that vocation of self-giving. We give of ourself to the spouse and to procreate and to populate the world. This is, this is what marriage is all about. It's the self-giving part that people have lost in our world today because of our selfishness, because of our, of our sinfulness because of our greed, because of our pride. We don't want to give of ourselves anymore. And this is the whole essence of marriage, is self-giving, is, is sacrificing for the needs of our partner, you know, to give of ourselves totally in that marriage covenant. And we've lost that. We've totally lost that sense of what self-giving means in a you know marriage relationship which is male and female so i have a lot more to talk about this in the future but that's enough for today god bless you